This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid 80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm and a car was coming about to hit a puddle so allison jumps in front of the splash just in time to protect stacy's fresh curls look i had to do it a wet perm just doesn't work today allison's a teammate at truest the bank that starts with care when you start with care you get a different kind of bank learn more at truest.com care truest bank member fdic you listen to the west amy podcast with dive and x oi oi Good evening and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and serial YTK blogger XWA2 employee. We left the Emirates with nothing on Saturday and it's amazing what difference a game can make. After being a hero against Southampton, some sections of social media are calling for Antonio to be dropped. Was this defeat purely down to wasted chances or were there more contributing factors? We'll be talking about that game from the weekend as well as previewing a difficult visit from Wolves on Sunday. Then, X will be giving us exclusive news and views before ending the show with questions from our collective followers on social media. This podcast is in association with Pitch Sport Football, an app created by West Ham supporters and one that enables you to share your opinions with fellow fans, pick your starting eleven, make score predictions and interact with each other using a unique fan time feature exclusive to Pitch users. This app is free to download, so get yours installed today. X, we were there on Saturday and before the game we agreed that we were happy that the selection and respective formation was unchanged from Southampton. In hindsight, was that the right decision? I think it was the right decision because we created so many chances um, and we played well. The problem was is that we didn't take the chances. Had we took the chances, then we should be talking about a very good West Ham win. But um, unfortunately, Antonio um, and Allaire didn't take their chances that was created. And if you don't take that many chances at Arsenal, inevitably you're going to probably lose the game. And unfortunately, that's what happened. I thought the performance was good apart from the finishing. So, yeah, I've the team selection was right I would go with that team selection for the Wolves game only thing I might change is Suchek in for Noble but other than that I think that's the team to go forward so you think ultimately 
that was the difference between the two sides. Possibly. Quality in front of goal. Yeah, quality in front of goal. I mean, the other thing I could possibly say is you might want to put Bowen as the second striker and put Antonio back as the right winger. That could be something that he considered. But I think, I think it was a good performance. I just think we were just poor finishes. Some of the chances should have been taken. I mean... It... Were you surprised to see the amount of people on social media discredit Antonio in that position moving forward now, on the back of that performance against Arsenal? And we'll cover that in more detail, because let's be honest, it was a horrendous performance from him. I think he could have had a hat-trick. Mm. And the funny thing was, when we was watching it from the stands, we had our head in our hands at times thinking, God, blimey, that was a chance. But only when I saw it on Match of the Day, from those angles, did I think, fuck me, how's he missed that? Yeah, and there was two or three really clear-cut chances, Definitely. and he's had a mare. Would that be enough for you to override just how good he was against Southampton and do what you've just said, put him on the right and, and Jared Bowen up front? Um, I think it would be harsh, and the stick that he's been getting on Twitter this week is just ridiculous and just shows how fickle fans are because for most of the season... Um, we've been like when he's got injured, we've been praying for him to come back, and he's one of the sort of first names that people want to see on the team sheet. So just because he had a day where he didn't take his chances, that would be really harsh. Um, that said, I don't think he's a striker. I've always said that he's technically not the most talented of players. Physical-wise, is in his speed and his build, um, very good, and his unpredictability, but his actual technique, so his shooting technique and his composure is not as good as it... I wouldn't even say it's Premier League standard, he's that mm. side, but he's but his pace and his power uh, make him a, a, a good Premier League player. What I would do is I would start with Antonio up front with Valer in the next game against Wolves, and if the similar happens, swap them. And that and that as well, I think, will unsettle the defence because the defence probably think, right, we're marking Alaire and Antonio today, so put the big guy on Alaire, put the speedier defender on Antonio. But then if you swap him around, that the, the, the opposition centre-back can't um, learn who he's playing against as well as he can if he knows it's going to be Antonio. If that makes sense, so I would start with Antonio and Alaire up top and then see how it goes and then alternate if needed. It's a difficult one with Antonio. I mean, I remember in the stands on Saturday saying to someone to my left, you know, if only he had that technical ability, he'd be a well-beater. Wasn't that someone me? Uh, no, was he was on my right. Uh, no, <laughs> God, the beer was good at Arsenal, wasn't no, it? No, I was on your left. Oh, was you on my left? Yeah. <laughs> the beer was good no, at Arsenal. Exactly. <laughs> this is your left and this is your right, mate. Look. It might even have been the person to your left. I just didn't want to talk to you anymore, oh, maybe. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was a fella in the stand, <laughs> yeah. in the away end. And, uh, and he said, well, to be fair, if he had that technical ability, he wouldn't be at West Ham. Yeah. And that is very true. But with Antonio, see, the problem I've got... I, what you said makes perfect sense, but his technical ability or lack of it also extends to the midfield. Because if he's got that strength and pace to beat his man, he's not the best crosser in the world. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not the best passer, you're not the best crosser, you're not the best finisher, where is he best suited? Yeah, I think he is... I think he is best suited on the right wing because he can break down with pace, beat people, and he can put a cross into the box. Yes, his crosses aren't... I guess, to the standard of, say, I don't know, say Snodgrass, maybe. It's almost like you wish you could combine Snodgrass and Antonio. Yeah. So you take Antonio's physique, build build up play, and Snodgrass's end product, and then you'd have a good a really yeah. good player. I think up front, I like the fact that if he plays up front, he can run at the centre-back and scare them and take them on. 
I just, he's just not composed. And if you look at that one where he was right in front of the goalkeeper and he put it wide, that one, for example, that wasn't good enough. The header, the header mm. wasn't good enough. Um, and that's where you think, yeah, he isn't really a forward, but let's be honest, we haven't really got many options. Allaire didn't take his chances again and, mm. be, and he is being almost excused because Antonio didn't, so he's almost being overlooked. Mm. Um, a jetty just seems to not be in favour at all. No. So there isn't really anyone else, is there? So no. I mean, I think you have to go with Valera Antonio because at home to Southampton, they were good, very good. They created chances against Arsenal. Yes, they didn't take them. But you think if you create chances, you will take one eventually. So I think I would go with those two and then, like I said, see if Bowen yeah. needs to. I mean, you say Hilaire is often overlooked in terms of um, maybe going as far as getting away with murder this season at times. Yeah. He certainly isn't overlooked on this podcast. He's, no. he's quite a regular discussion point between it, us two. Yeah. Eight, nine times out of ten, it seems to be negative because of his respected performance. Last week was very positive because he was great against Southampton. Mm-hmm. But fair to say, we're going to be speaking negatively about him on the back of what we saw against Arsenal. I think so. I mean, he did do some things well. Um Know, the flick for Antonio, how much he meant of that, I would question. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. His presence was there. He did kind of create opportunities for others. But then he missed a number of chances. People say he didn't score goals. He didn't get the service. He got the service against Arsenal. He was clean through poor touch and then the and the mm. keeper got it um another one like when the ball came into the box i remember moaning to you about it at the game yeah. when i said to people about him having a physical presence people just don't really understand what i'm trying to say they think he's one headers I, i'm sorry don't give me that crap anymore yes he might win headers uh, and but he's also the most loss of headers as well but those headers are happening outside of the box and we don't know for certain who those headers are going to what i'm talking about in terms of physical presence is when a ball goes into the box you feel like he might get the edge on the defender that's physical presence using your body using your weight using your physique to get in front of the defenders and make them either make a mistake find it hard to defend or score a goal and that ball came into the box and Mm. they've just completely bossed out of it by the center backs and that is what i mean he's a big lad he's got the potential size wise to have a presence i just don't know if he's got the desire or the attitude to do it and that's what frustrates me and then i see the same people that are constantly defending him there was one point when he wasn't running forward and someone's saying don't you understand a target man's not to run forward two weeks ago they were telling me he wasn't a target man and people need to understand the reason he's not playing well because he's not a target man so it does seem to be that the same people will continuously make excuses for him because he's the Mm. record signing because he's done well in europe or wherever i'm not saying he's a bad player i think maybe next year if he stays next year which i assume he will we might have a really good player i don't think he's that bad but he's just doesn't 45 million price tag is irrelevant but still you i did expect more he's mm. got seven goals has he like yeah you know, i don't know i just feel like Anatovic would have scored more this season mm. uh, um if he'd been there and i just i would even question well, Perez. he scored quite a few goals when mm. he was coming on you know i just think it, he's not 
delivering as much as he should he might play well against Wolves I hope he does don't get me wrong I want to praise the guy I want to say this um one thing I will say and I wasn't going to admit to this now but I'm going to do it do you remember at the start of the season when you asked me two players that I thought would underperform this year or wouldn't reach their potential I ummed and ahed over saying one do you remember I was like "Mm, I'm not sure if I should say not sure not sure and I wasn't sure whether I should say it or not because I thought fans would just get on my back before he's even played a game Yeah. and I went with Yarmolenko in the end because I thought I don't think he's as good as people think he is and he's not got enough pace to play on the wing and yes, he started the season pretty well, but I know it's injuries, but kind of was right. The person I was talking about was a left. Yeah. When I didn't want to say it, I'm not sure he's got a particularly good left foot, which is what I've heard from inside the club. <clears throat> I'm not sure he's got the heart and desire. I Other want, than that, you rate him. Yeah, I want no, but mate, I do think he's all right. But I want to, <laughs> I want to be. I want, Explain how you think he's all right because because listen, and I have to say, mate. See, see, before we go back to you, I think I'm one of those people that make excuses for him and I'm also one of those people that get frustrated with him. I don't really sit in either side. Mm. Um, I think some performances are inexcusable. But then, you know, listening to you then, I'm thinking, well, you know, if you look at Arsenal, for example, yeah, I think when he went to round the keeper, he, he fucked that up big time. That was a wasted opportunity. That was purely down to him. But then there was another uh, conversation we had around a chance and I think the, it it's might have I been... I was talking about I earlier. think that was one, and it came to his feet. Yeah, well, he, yeah. He if, it, if it's the one that was on the floor, see, I, I felt a little bit of sympathy for him now, and I, because I, he's got two defenders either side of him very close by, and all he can do really, in my opinion, is get a shot away. I don't see that as an absolute clear cast, or that even really, if anything, more of a half chance, in my opinion. But in terms of what I think he brings to the game... I'm I'm keen to hear what you think his qualities are. I think his technique is good on his right foot. Um, I think his technique is good. Like, he's scored a couple of good goals this year. You know, the one against Southampton was harder than it looked. One again, a couple against Watford were good, particularly overhead. If I'm remembering, mm. since a long time ago now. Um, I think technically he's good. He's proven that he can score goals. He's done it in uh, Germany and France and stuff. So. He's proven he's got the goal scoring um, abilities. He does win headers. Like I, I give that. I think he can bring others in into play. I do agree that he hasn't necessarily had a system or a service which totally suits his strengths. But I, you know, if if it was Andy Carroll. Right, okay. Who was also our record signing at the time, once upon a time. Mm. If these performances were Andy Carroll making these performances, I don't think West Ham fans would be excusing him as much as they excuse Sebastian. Mm. And I want to, I want him to do really well. I really do. I was buzzing when we signed him until I started to hear things from people that I trust, which then affected my judgment. Hence, what I said earlier. But um, I, I want him to have the system. But how many times can we keep using the excuse he hasn't had the right system? He had Antonio up top with him against Arsenal. Mm. He. He didn't do that well, you know. He had Bow. He's got Bowen with him now. Like, how many times do we keep making excuses for him? I don't know if I'm missing something here, but that little potential bombshell you dropped there when you were hearing things from people you trust—that's kind of affected your opinion. What do you mean? 
so when I said in the summer, which when you asked me the question on that podcast, which player do you not think do you think is going to be a disappointment? And I wouldn't say it there because I didn't want people to think, "What's he talking about?" Is our forty-five million pound player? I said Yarmolenko, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, the reason I said was knew thought this about there, and I'd never seen the fella play, was just because a couple of people who trained with him or train him and a couple of people who are in the scouting business told me that he doesn't have a strong left foot. He's not as good as West Ham fans think he is. Really? Yeah, and he will oh, dis- see, I didn't know and this. he will be a disappointment this season. So right, okay, okay. My, my opinion going into things has been slightly influenced, but it's been influenced by people that I massively trust and whose opinion is often right. And I hope that we all get proven wrong, I really hope. And as I said, he's not bit he's been better than they made him out to be. But I just want him to do more. I want him to fight. I want him to get stuck in. I want him to break mm. into the box. I want him to boss a defender. I want him to like hold the ball up, hold it up perfectly, play someone in. Yeah, he did the Rabona against Southampton, which was amazing. Bit of skill, so technically he can do things like that. But one Rabona to play through someone a season doesn't make you an amazing player. Mm. I would much rather we had an Ian Dowie or a Trevor Morley or a whoever that was not technically as good but was scoring goals. Mm. And I just think, you know, West Ham cannot afford to have a 45 million forward that scored seven goals. And yes, you could only as good as the service you get, but we've had teams where we've been poor. Like look at Denver Bar. He came in to a relegated side and scored loads of goals mm. we pro- and we had a midfielder like Kovac and people like that he still managed to get goals and take chances um, so yeah people are going to give me massive stick for these comments I always get it when I talk about Anna and I've almost decided that I should stop talking about him as I keep saying I think he has the potential to be a good player but I just want to see more from well, him well it's your opinion and like I said you know, I'd strongly disagree with it if I was the biggest Hilaire fan walking the earth but there is a, a, a part of me that also thinks you mentioned about getting on the end of crosses. I'm not too sure we put many crosses in the box. I we, think that's an, a, a, a yeah, weakness in our and play. That, and he can't help it. If and if, if, even ball. if you look at, you know, what you would say is our best eleven currently, which consists of full nails on the left and Bowen on the right. That's what we did against Southampton. What we did against Arsenal. These players are. They're not wingers, in my opinion. They are attacking players. And when they get the ball, they're looking to beat players and then typically maybe cut in on their, on their other side, maybe go central, get a shot in, or, or play it through the channel. Whereas if you had, you know, like a Matt Jarvis, mm. for example, uh, interesting stat about Matt, and I didn't know this, he said it at our pre-match event, that I think uh, he had the, the most amount of crosses in the whole of Europe at that mm. point, which is why Aladai signed him. If you had someone like him, whose sole purpose was to beat his man, nick a couple of yards, get that ball in the box. Could we be talking about a different um, goals-to-game ratio for Hilaire, You know, Maybe, and this is the thing that you could argue, but people have continued to argue this. Shout-out to Matt Jarvis as well, who's given his wife's given birth to a baby girl today. Oh, brilliant. So, well done, uh, Matt. Yeah, um, like, and, I, and I know what you're saying, but 
how often are we going to keep making excuses for him? Mm. He's not a target man. You don't pay 451 with Valair. Um, you need to get people up front with him. We've done that. The same people that say he's not a target man five, four weeks ago are now saying he is a target man. Mm. So that, there's people saying, that I don't know what I'm talking about. I could literally, if I wanted to and had the time, I could go into Twitter and I know about four or five people I'm talking about here. I could put their names. I could put Valair in the search bar and I'd be and put target man and I'd find tweets saying he wasn't from the same person and tweets saying he was mm. from the same person everyone just seems to like want to make these excuses for him as do I like you know today I was talking to some Tottenham fans and they turned around and said I quite rate Alaire I don't want to turn around and say I don't I just agreed with them because it's just better to have some kind mm. of praise But and I hope next year I'm proven wrong I hope next year he scores loads of goals and proves to be brilliant but we are in a relegation battle. We have a forward that we've paid forty-five million for. He scored six, seven goals. Maybe the managers need to or um, take account of themselves and think we need to play to his strengths. But tell me, what is his strengths? Is it playing three up top with him? Is it playing him as a target man? Is it playing one up top with him? Is it playing him a striker, two far uh, further up wingers? What is his system? Well, I personally think he's. He's definitely not the right man to play up front by himself. No, I agree with and that. And I think I'm probably stating the obvious there. He definitely needs to be in at least a two. Arguably a three. I think that's what he played in at Frankfurt, which worked really well. And I don't think that's a system West Ham have, have, have used before. Certainly frequently. I can't remember the last time we played three up front. We don't front. have the players to do that. We don't have the players. That's very and true. And also, when he was at the three up front, was Reb- Rebic, whatever his name is, that's gone to Milan, and Jovic that went to Real Madrid. Yeah. So there's a bit of a difference yeah. in standard. And maybe that's our fault for signing him. Again, maybe it's recruitment. Maybe it's not Alaire's fault. But whatever the system is, whether it's the manager, the recruitment, at the moment, I feel like other players could give more to But then time. again, just consider this as a formation for a minute. Now, I'm not even sure who I would play this formation against. But you imagine a front three of Hilaire in the middle, Bowen and Antonio. And then you look at a midfield three of Declan Rice, Suchek and Fournals. Fournals being the central out of the three, and he's the one that gets the licence to bomb forward. You that's know, what I would do, and I think that's I think that's, a, that's potentially a great shout. But I You've lost your wingers there, but you ain't got natural wingers anyway. Yeah, but I wouldn't have Bowen and Antonio right up there. I'd have them as your kind of advanced. Yeah, and so they wingers. should be because they like getting the ball and taking people on. And Bowen's one of his best attributes is what, I, what I've seen so far is the fact he works back and defensively. Look, what we did against Southampton. Yeah, yeah, he that exactly ball. right, exactly right. But one of the things I love about Bowen is his versatility. Yeah, he can play on the wing. He can play central. He can play up front, but I don't know. I just, um, I just think sometimes at West Ham we get players to fit a formation rather than pick a formation to fit players. Yeah, and that's not Hilaire's and, fault. And that but... could be the case with Hilaire because we're, we're judging him on six or seven goals so far this season and some of the lackluster performances. You could argue that the majority of those poor performances have been in a, a really poor side. Yeah, that haven't been playing to a formation that matches his strengths. Yeah, and he was very good against Southampton. And at the yeah. start of the season, I thought, wow, those people that told me Alain wasn't a good player, you were wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, he he has scored seven goals. Just checked, 26 games, seven goals, which actually one in four almost. Um, it's not awful. But, like, um, 
I, just, I don't know, mate. Listen, I, I'm going to get abuse for this, but he, I just think he can deliver more. I just think he can. And I hope he does against Wolves. I hope he does against Burnley. I hope he does against Norwich. I want the guy to do well. And maybe we've got to play to his strengths. Maybe we've got to change the team. Maybe we've got to bring in other players. But... We need Maybe to we've do... got to sell him in the summer. Maybe, yeah. Who we've knows? Got... It's, well, that's the options. You either stick your record signing as your star man and build your team around him, yeah. or you build your team around players that fit your team. Yeah. Either way, at the moment, it's not clear what the strategy is. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Talking of strategy, do you think David Moyes left it too late to make changes on Saturday? Yes. Yeah, and, and is that is that an ongoing concern with his in-game management yeah. of West Ham now? Yeah, it's an in- ongoing problem with everything. I think he did uh, dallies in transfers. You know, why did we not sign Gerard Bowen at the start of the window, for example? Why mm. did it take till deadline day where we almost missed signing him? And to your knowledge, the, that was down to Moyes. Um, can, I wouldn't. I don't know entirely if it was down to Moyes, but obviously at some point they've decided let's sign Bowen. And he's been on the radar for a while. Believe me, I know. I was the one pinging emails like I was with Madison. Yeah. Pinging emails. Yeah. You saw pinging emails. We've got to sign Bowen. We've got to sign Bowen. We've got to sign Bowen. Honestly, there's players in the championship, yeah, that you could get. Yes, they're overpriced because they're playing in the league below the Premier League and they're English or, or not necessarily English, but domestic based. There's players in there like Bowen, like Madison, like Norwich players, like Brent um would players that Brentford players that could make that step up. And we um and we you know we need to change our recruitment to look at these players. But um what was the point I was saying? Uh is was Moyes the one responsible yes. for it takes so long. Right, yeah. So why, like, why did he not identify this player at the start of January? You know, why did it take so long? Why did we sign Suchek towards the end? Why did, um, like, this happen in the past? We delayed on people. Why do we make subs so late? I just think he's got a reputation of dallying, and um, I do think we need to. He needs to question that and try to look to do things differently. He should have made subs earlier. And he didn't. You know, Suchek should have come on from Noble earlier. Noble mm. was poor. And mm. he should have came on for him. Um, so, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I'm sounding very negative this show, which is not like me. Um, but what we've got to say is that we, we did play well against Arsenal, aside mm. from the chances. And so we talk did... about the positives from that Arsenal performance then, because you've got to remember, we're going to Arsenal who aren't the Arsenal that we saw in the early 2000s, granted. I think defensively they've shown some cracks, which they've, they've struggled to feel in recent times. But it's also an Arsenal that um, that were at home. And it's, it's funny, actually, because they are so heavy on possession football. And I've got some friends that are Arsenal fans who said it drives them mad because they'll keep possession for 10 minutes and it never looks like it's got I an end product. Think it's boring. I, I find it. Mm. I find that type of possession yeah. of football boring because yeah. you, you just know there's no productivity exactly. to it. They're just going backwards and forwards. It's like, it's like they're time wasting. Well, yeah, it's like when you play FIFA and you get some prick that you're playing online that wants to win <laughs> and they just pass it around in the defence. It's the whole, like, like the second half. It's like that, isn't yeah, it? It, really it is. is. It, is. it was like that. But, but at the same time, the flip side to that is that's quite difficult to play against yeah. and what that can create in the opposition is 
the potential for them to switch off or lacks concentration or kind of lose that energy or that burst for the ball. Um, and I think we, we, we defended against that quite well. I thought Obonna played very well. Well, the, the, he had a great game. Yeah, I mean, that. I think the defence on a whole Obonna, Diop and, yeah, and uh, Gakia, Gakia again. Brilliant. I think, yeah, I mean, he, he's been sensational since yeah. he when came When you look in. at the, the, the games that he's had to come yeah, into exactly. as well, he hasn't had any cup Arsenal. games to be eased into. No. He's been... Incredible. I think he has to be our right back, certainly for the rest of this season. Oh, unquestionably. Season as well. And I actually would go as far as to say we don't need to sign a right back now because we'd have him and then we'd have Fredericks. And yeah. we've also got Johnson, who played for the under-23s in their derby, cut win against Derby yesterday. And apparently he was the man of the match. So I think we're actually okay for right backs now because of Jeremy. And as I said, I mean, he's only played, what, four games. But every game he's played really really well and I, I was delighted for him how well he's doing I think Ogbonna is the hammer of the year this year definitely yeah. I think Diop played well Yeah. Um, I thought Rice was solid as always um, I like Bowen again running at them it's hit the post in the very early on I like yeah. him I like the fact we created chances I thought we played well you know you don't expect to go to Arsenal and really get a result I know they're not as quite as good as they were but I thought it was a good performance the fact the players should shouldn't should be positive out of that should take positives from it oh d- definitely and for me personally that game purely did come down and taking chances yeah, definitely. 100% because we could have walked away from there with a 3-1 win yeah and then we're buzzing on this podcast yeah but ultimately winning is all that matters especially yeah. when you're in a relegation 100%. scrap 100% and thankfully the results of the other teams are going our way yeah. a bit I mean the Villa getting battered by yeah. uh, Leicester Thank God. was a, a, a good thing um, we're just going to we just got to pick up points where we can I, you know I, I think out of the two games we've got coming up Spurs away is an easier game than good time to play at home yeah definitely you've got lots of injuries just been dumped out of the Champions League I think it's a good time to play them if the game goes ahead of course <laughs> yeah uh, according to the West Ham related users of Pitch Sport app, uh, before the game, 43% predicted a win and 26 predicted a draw. After the game, users rated the team selection at 8.3 out of 10. The manager at a low 5.6 out of 10, which shows to me there was some frustrations with his in-game management, I think. Mm. Uh, and the atmosphere at 6.9, which I think was quite flattering to uh, to the Emirates. And I yeah. think every single one of those points must go to the West Ham fans. That's West Ham, not <laughs> Arsenal. Um, 50% of those users uh, voted for Jaron Bowen as man of the match as well which um, is quite an interesting vote actually yeah see I would have given it to Bonner or Diop I think yeah I, I think I'd agree actually but you know if you want to have your say well, and you want to make a difference uh, then download that app today that's Pitch Sport uh, on the App Store. Would you change anything for Sunday then in which case? Only Suchet for Noble right because once again we're struggling to find positives about Mark Noble. Yeah. I mean, again, it's another under-average performance mm, from mm. him on, on Saturday. And, you know, again, I know the fans love him and, and it's it's becoming a little bit like Grand Dog Day in this podcast. But let's not forget, this is our captain. Mm. And he is starting to be one of the weakest links in this side. Mm. And that is a worry. Mm. And Suchek coming in, maybe he was signed to, to replace Mark Noble from next season. But as much as... Your heart says, well, Mark's one of us. He's got the fight. He's got the determination. You know, we need his aura. We need him there. On the field, he's getting overrun. And on the field, he's making mistakes. And on the field, he's not impacting the game. So now, in a relegation scrap, maybe you've got to think with your head. And like you said, go with Suchek 
but not just for Sunday, for the rest of the season if he's fully fit. The only thing I'd be tempted to do, and I agree with what you're saying there, and I yeah, I would bring Suchek in for Wolves, but for funnily, Noble always seems to play well against Spurs. And yeah, true. So I'd almost be tempted true. to bring Suchek in against Wolves. Obviously, if we play well, you know my feelings on changing a winning team, I'd keep it. But if we don't, I'd be tempted to bring Noble back for the Spurs game. But yeah, I agree. I think I think Noble is kind of burnt out now. I think he's played a lot of games this season. I mean, he must have played pretty much all of them. Um, mm, and mm. Uh, and he's a, he's an older fella now. Um, I think we I think Suchek needs to come in for him, um, and it would give the fans a bit of a boost. Noble was almost like beginning to be when you see the team sheet you're like well, I kind of wish he wasn't in it now so I think Suchek and Funaus deserves his uh, starting spot as well so I would almost go with like what you said um, Bowen and Antonio kind of on the wings but advanced forward Alaire up there and then Suchek and Rice sitting deep with Funaus kind of more central central midfielder than the same defence mm. and go with that yeah, I mean, there's. I think that is a formation that plays to the players' strengths. Mm. However, you do run the risk of, are we once again changing it up? Like, at what point do you allow the players to get used to a system on the training ground week in, week out, stick to it, adapt to it, and get the best out of it? Or do you twist and say, listen, it doesn't matter. Whatever we feel is best for that particular game, week by week, even if we change it every week, is what we have to go with. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because we don't have the luxury of almost getting to know type thing. No, um, and if we were mid-table, we could yeah. use the remaining nine games to experiment and play around with it. Exactly. But we don't have that time, no, do we? We've got to start getting results. It is a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... <sighs> I think Suchek does need to come in for Noble and I think I would probably just keep it the same as I did against Arsenal at the moment. I know I just said I'd like Antonio and Bowen on the sort of wings, but like you say, is, 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 is it too much chopping and changing? You could kind of in-game change. So you could start with yeah. it and just say, right, for now, out. Which is something left. I've got no faith in David Moyes doing. No, this is the thing, and this is what opposition managers do all the time. Mm. How often do you see one winger switch sides, mm. or even a fullback switch sides, yeah. or you know, one midfielder go forward on one attack and the other sit back and vice versa? Um, yeah, I mean, Wolves is a tricky one because they, they pack the defensive midfield, don't they, from memory? Mm. Um, so... So you probably do need two up top for that game. It's, it is such a tough game, that. I yeah. think home or away, credit to Wolves. I mean, they've gone from being a, a championship side for years and years now to coming back into the Premier League. They must be loving life. Because well, Wolves they, are the, what I'm jealous of. Wolves are yeah. Leicester are what West Ham should yeah, be. Yeah, no, I and totally we agree. Were promised. Yeah. Leicester are challenging for a champion. Well, we'll probably get a Champions League spot. Um Wolves are not far behind in the Europa Cup. Well, I think Cup. they're fifth, aren't they, yeah. Wolves? And, and then the Sheffield Europa United Cup. are sixth. I mean, I know, th- those are two examples where you, th- which really just screams how much West Ham are underachieving now because Massively. you've got those two sides that are achieving that for very different reasons as well. I think Sheffield United are just giving their heart. You know, they haven't got the best players in the world, but they are the definition of giving 110% to your badge. Yeah. And I think a lot of clubs are guilty of not doing that. God knows how many times I've said that West Ham don't do it. Wolves, I think, are different in the sense that they've got a manager that their fans like, neutrals like, their players like. And I think he's been bold with his his formations and his tactics and even his activity in a transfer window. I was going to say, he's also got good recruitment. He uses 
unlike West Ham, he uses agent very effectively. And look at the Portuguese signings yeah, they've made, hundred percent, and, pl- yeah. and the players from Portuguese league as well. Yeah. You know that Martinho is a great player. Neves, Neves, yeah, you've got Neves, um, Jimenez. But then, but then that's Yota. again, you've you've got a variation of threat there as well. Mm-hmm. You've got Neves who can shoot from range. You've got Traore who is just rapid. Yeah, he's a great in. player as You've well. got Jimenez. West Ham should have signed him when we yeah. were linked with him to Yeah. Because if you want the ultimate credentials for a good winger, really, are pace and power. Yeah. And then if you can... And imagine him and Antonio. Stuff. I know. You know, that's a handful, that yeah. is. But then you've got uh, Jota. Yeah. I mean, he's been plucked out of God knows where. I thought he was a fantastic uh, yeah. buy for them. Jimenez. You know, so clinical in front of goal. Sign him as well. Yeah, out of Wolves' team, we went for Dundonka, we went for Trahore, yeah. we went for Jimenez. You yeah. know, there's three players there that we went for, decided not to get. And if you throw in Madison for Leicester, another one we went for, decided not to get. And you look at the clubs that have ended up taking the punt on these players, and look what they've done for them. Yeah. And this is where recruitment was so. Is so lacking at times. You should have applied for that voluntary scouting position. Mate, I'm giving it. I'm doing the job for them. I honestly, I'm doing it already. I send them emails all the time of players that should be signed up, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet here. And there's others out there, believe me, that could do it as well, if not better than me. But there's just obvious signings out there that would improve the team 100%. And um, mm. and I just don't know how I can see it, how people on Twitter can see it. You could do it if you watched more football. Like, I don't, I mean, uh, so if you knew what you were talking yeah, exactly, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, but... So why can't the club? Yeah, why? Uh, why? So I'm sorry, anyone, anyone that watched Madison play could tell he was a good player because when he was playing for Norwich, he stood out massively technically and sometimes he'd have bad games, but you could still tell from the odd bit he did right. Technically, he was very, very good. Um, he had the right attitude. He's got the right desire. You know, you could you could tell this about players like... You, you, yeah. You don't have to be a genius. It works at all levels of football. You know, you might have someone that looks brilliant on YouTube, but you can't just look at that. You've got to look at so many other factors. Um, And I do believe that that is often how we, and certainly some West Ham fans judge a player, Mm. put YouTube on. Wow, look at that. It's amazing. It's not that sort of thing that makes a good Premier League player for someone our standard. Mm. Yes, you need to have that ability. Yes, you need to have that technique. But more often than not, you've got to have the right mentality, the right attitude, and the right kind of desire to progress. Mm. I think there's three reasons fundamentally why our recruitment process is flawed. The first is David Sullivan has too much control. And by too much control, I mean he controls absolutely everything. The second one is we're too reliant on the relationships we've got with certain agents who we only seem to listen to when no one else matters. Thirdly, we don't have a scouting network. Up until recently, probably still is the case, we've got one scout. You know, and you look at those three things, you think, no wonder we're not making fantastic signings, with the odd exception. But you and look also, at the likes of Leicester and Wolves, and, and they're doing fantastically well. But if you can pair their infrastructure and strategies to ours, it's obvious why they're doing so much better than us. And also, I agree, and would also, would you want to come and play for this board? Well, and this is the problem. And this is this is why, you know, West Ham fans say, oh, God, you know, we're a circus and all that. It goes so much deeper than that. The more publicity that West Ham put out that's negative and toxic, the more managers don't want to come and work for David Sullivan. Yeah. And the more players think, fuck that, I don't want to look at that club. And and who's to, to say, you know, that 
players at our football club don't have uh, multiple friendships from other clubs and might, you know, one of those players might come to one of our players and say, oh, what's it like at West Ham? Because they've just put an inquiry in for me and they might say, mate, don't fucking come here. Oh, that will this happen. This is absolutely, this is a nightmare. Yeah, that will happen. You know? I mean, I'm sure if you was to have a player that, and all players are very well connected because obviously most of them in the Premier League are international, so they have their international teammates. Yeah, of Most course. have played for say three or four teams that have built up networks in that and been through different youth teams they all have like functions same age agents you know there's so many connections you know i know players that are good mates of each other that have never played for the same team together they just know each other through like maybe youth football for going to promotional events having the same age and that sort of stuff there'll be times when a player comes to a West Ham guy, West Ham player, and says, I've got an offer from West Ham, I've got an offer from Leicester, I've got an offer from Wolves, right? And I don't know which one to take. They're all much on much in terms of wages. What mm. should I do? He'll speak to a West Ham player. If they're disgruntled, say, and they'll say, God, you don't want to come here. You know, they do this, they do that, they do this. I'll speak to a Leicester or Wolves guy. I imagine they'll be very positive. Immediately, you're mm. behind in your negotiations. So unless you offer more money... Mm. and that comes down to it then you have to question the mentality of the player that's prepared mm. to sacrifice more money uh, less money for a worse situation or if we uh, sign a player with no mates yeah yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. that's a box we can tick <laughs> maybe that's Sebastian and his that is the scouting instruction <laughs> that one scout we've got go out to the whole of Europe and just try and find someone that's got no friends <laughs> well you'd that's be the, you'd be the record side yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David Walker <laughs> <laughs> me with a shirt there. Yeah, exactly. No friends or family about. Just, <laughs> yeah. just me in the stadium holding T- the shirt. Tumbleweed yeah. blowing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, think, I, I believe that's important though, mate, because if you look at Robert Snodgrass, right, he came to the club, he had the chairman saying that his sons begged him not to um, sign him, um, got shipped out to Aston Villa, um, probably thought, what on earth is going on at this club, you know, and then he came back thankfully because he had the right attitude and he was popular got in you know the the other players welcomed him back he got involved the fans could see that he was a you know a chat that was going to work for the badge and also put in um put in a shift um and be and be good for team spirit and he turned his career around had robert snodgrass been a weaker mentality imagine if he was a foreign player that had been signed from i don't know wherever somewhere somewhere abroad let's say a long way away say from mexico right been brought in and and um, he uh, got that treatment from the chairman, mm. told them they didn't want to such shit. That would have been the end of him, yeah. surely. And like this is why, like, A, it highlights the issues we have with the board in terms of what they do for us, and B, like... It also highlights the importance of mentality. For example, another thing I spoke about last week on the show, Jeremy Ngakia it was... Um, was a. Uh, is it was like due to be released by West Ham, but thankfully they were he was given an extra chance, like Declan Rice. And now you'd say at the moment our two most promising youngsters, if you still classify Declan as that, are Declan and Jeremy and Gakia, and both mm. of them were very close to being released. Declan had already been released by Chelsea, so had he not had a strong mentality, he could have been on the football scrap heap by now. Yeah. He'd been released by Chelsea and West Ham. At best, he would probably get like a Leighton Orient or something like that. Mm. You know, it's amazing the thin margins, and that's why your mentality has got to be so strong. Yeah, it is. And do you know what? That's that's one element. That's players coming in, 
But what about players going out? I mean, mm. it, it, for example, it's well documented that Declan Rice is best friends with Mason Mount. Yeah. You cannot tell me that Mason Mount isn't saying to Declan Rice, Deck, you've got to come and play for Chelsea. You know, the manager's fantastic, stadium's fantastic, fans are fantastic, all the bollocks that he's going to be saying. But that's his best mate. Now, if the tables were turned and Chelsea were, say, 15th, 14th, having a, a, a bit of a poor season, but we were 7th or 8th, would Deck be saying the same to Mason as his best friend? You know, because I I, I just don't think there's the, the selling points there. No. You know, the, the, the root core of the club, you've got the fans and, you know, you make your own minds up in terms of the <coughs> stadium, etc. But everything about West Ham just seems completely flawed these days. Mm. So even as a selling point, you're going to struggle to get players in on a personal friendship level from player to player, but also players going out. They're going to have mates in the game that are going to be in the area. You know, if if there's a, an interested club that's interested in one of our players, what's to say the manager doesn't have a word of a player on that interested club and said, look, I know you're mates with that player. Get in his ear, will you? Yeah, because exactly. we want to at least get to talking stage. Yeah. It'll happen. Oh, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Declan's already been tapped up by Chelsea in, in that respect, in yeah. the sense that um, Mount would have got in his ear. Jody Morris, Frank Lampard, you know, Lampard likes to play um, young uh, British players. You know, he's done it with hudson Adoy, he's done it with yeah. Abrahams, he's done it with Mason Mount, he's done it with that centre-back whose name I've forgotten. So he, um, Declan Rice would fit Chelsea's bill, 100%, mm. and he's a Chelsea fan, as mm. is his family. So that would it's be... It's logical, isn't it? Yeah, that would be... If Chelsea come knocking for Declan Rice, it would really worry me. Yeah. Um, but we, but we, I just feel that when you think about West Ham, and I'm trying to put almost like a neutral hat on here, which obviously I, I'm not, but I'm trying to. I think if you look at West Ham from a neutral point of view, you think it's so almost amateurish. It's so bizarre. It's just like, like a banter club. It really. is like it's a banter club. Like you got mm. a chairman writing columns in papers. I mean, chairwoman. You got them making ridiculous gaffes. You've got them tweeting just random stuff and mm. liking things. You got the fact that the chairman's fourteen-year-old son once upon a time used to ask whether we should sign players that have rape cases against them on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Like you know, who <laughs> was like, who was like our most prefer- our most prolific scout. We then go through agents all the time to sign players. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it is almost like, like people say a circus, but it is. It's yeah. like almost like a joke. Like you yeah. can't almost imagine that being a football club like it's very like sometimes you know when you like might be reading i don't know something on twitter from a random football account yeah and they'll put something about like in african first division the game was abandoned because i don't know like there was a riot or something right (laughs) you you think god that's bizarre but that's what people must read about us and think what the Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, it's uh, it's just relentless. We've said it before. He's just relentless. There's so much embarrassment, so much concern, and you just think, how is this ever going to stop? And instantly, you think new owners. Yeah, it has to start at the top. As soon as new owners come in, then this club can rebuild in every single aspect. Mm. You know, Um, is the game going to go ahead on Sunday? Um, I was going to do this in my section, but um, obviously we do it now. Doesn't really matter. the club are saying it is today. They, they've done a statement saying it is going ahead, which is bizarre because obviously the Arsenal game was cancelled today. That was cancelled because they've been in contact with the 
Greek chairman when they played in the Europa League, which was before they played us. Yeah. So if their Arsenal player is infected, they've yeah. played us. Wolves or something have also got issues with uh, their game. And so it, it seems logical that the West Ham game should be cancelled. Yeah. However... It hasn't been, and the club have said it won't be. And I mean, it's just popped up on my phone now that a seventh person's died, and that there's 460. I mean, I don't want to get into a big debate on whether coronavirus is, a, is as bad as people are making out. Mm. However, if you are cancelling the Arsenal Man City game or Man City Arsenal game, I don't know why ours wasn't. It seems not to be consistent. Yeah. Not that I want it to be cancelled. No. But um, it is no, I know, yeah, hundred percent makes and sense. Just, and there just never seems to be any consistency with anything. No, like, no, especially where West Ham are concerned know, as exactly. well. It's like it has to be us. The VAR yeah. goal. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> when but has it, VAR ever gone in our favour? No, unless I'm just paranoid. I don't remember. I hate it. the technology, mate. Mm. I really do. I absolutely can't stand it. Yeah. Uh, if the game does go ahead, what's your score prediction? We're going to go with one all again. Oh, mate, this is unbelievable. So I'm going to go one all, And I don't know how we think so similarly sometimes on results, but yet you're so <laughs> dog shit. going? You're I so know. dog shit when it comes to the West Ham way predictions, Lee. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you a little update on this. Oh, I would love um, it so much if I turn this around. I found myself, and let's be honest, I was the underdog going into this. You know, Why X was, were you the underdog? Well, you were giving it all the bollocks, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to beat you and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. And I was, like, I was like, yeah, fair enough, mate. You know, you probably will. I'm shit at this sort of thing. You know, the odd mind game thrown in there. I'll, I'll have my hands up to that. I but then with just nine games left, I've got to say, I find myself, and I'm just loading it up now. Don't pretend you're loading it. I know, I am loading it up. I am loading it up. Screenshotted it. Yeah. Out of 690 participants, I find myself at what I believe is quite a modest 43rd. And you can also, um, just for the benefit of those at home, find me on page one as well. Just if you want to like look at my points and how I've been getting on, etc. Now, honest to God, I haven't looked at yours today, but I'm pretty sure you're in the 170th mark. I think, is that about fair? In fact, it might be quite complimentary. You might be creeping up to more towards the 180. And I think you can probably, if you can stay that long looking through these pages, find X on page four or five, I think it is. Um, You're banging trouble in this race between X and Davis to who's going to finish above in the Predictions League, mate. Yeah, Have you got a statement to put out there at this stage? First of all, I would love it so much (laughs) if I turned this around. You wouldn't believe. You'd love it if you beat them. I would. I've already done that, but I would love it if I beat you on this because you're getting so unbearably (laughs) cocky about it. Um, I would seriously love it. I know you would. How I can't much? see it happening though, mate. I'd love that for you because for your self-esteem this season, I think that'd be great to see you, okay. you know, defy the odds and go from being god-awful this season to actually half-respectable. So, but forgive me for saying it, it's a tall order. So this weekend, right, who was the one standing there <laughs> with 2K in their Labrox uh, uh, betting account? That's very, and no, who that's was, very true. And who was the person standing there with nothing? Yeah, well, that's because I bought two burgers for 20 quid <laughs> before the fucking game. <laughs> I moan about London Stadium prices. <laughs> I can't believe it. We bought a double cheeseburger, didn't we? Yeah. One for me, one for you. Uh, a coke and a water. Um, and I got fifty p back off a score. Yeah. 
I couldn't believe it. That's the game to be in, mate. Have your own burger van outside oh, a football I'd, stadium. I'd, mate, I'd be fucking horrendously Incredible. fat, more so than I am now. <laughs> it's a nice burger, though, I have to say. <laughs> I would absolutely good. explode because I would eat half of the, uh, <laughs> the food that I was, uh, that but, I was um, serving. But, uh, yeah, I would love it. If I turned it around, um, I am disappointed to be losing to you. I must admit that. I feel like... Oh, I can imagine. I feel like you've must got very tough. lucky. And I also feel like this season's been really hard to predict accurately. So people with random predictions would have done well and people with the more consistent <laughs> predictions wouldn't have. Because who would have... Can put, you read his who bollocks? Would, who would have put Sheffield United? Be honest, at the start of the season, <laughs> where would you have put them? Yeah, 20th, true, maybe? True. And they're 7th. Realistically, would you have put uh, Leicester 3rd? Would you have put Liverpool winning the league by that many yeah, points. but they're the outside shouts. You're, you're sitting, right, you're sitting you have, struggling on a logical. Would shouts. you have been put Liverpool winning by that many points? In Not the by league? that many. No. Would you put Tottenham struggling as much as they are? Would you put Arsenal struggling as much as? But they what? Are? But what is your point? My point is, it's been a very random season. Well, so random predictions. Not for get the hundred and seventy-five that sit before you. It hasn't. In no, fact, I sit at forty-third, and I think. That's probably because I've been quite cute with some no, of these I bet guesses, you the really. guy, I bet you the guy that's sitting in the, the top 10, I bet you if they was to have done this last year, they'd have been in the bottom 10 because it's a, ra- <laughs> because it's a random season. They've benefited. As, as you can all probably tell, this is hurting X a little bit. Uh, and I'm loving every minute of it. I just so, don't like losing. Bl- please continue to play this game. And, and I can't finish the West Hamway predictions chat without giving a big shout out to the top five. Um, Jerry Herring... Uh, 10 so at Jerry Harring 10 is sitting first he's been consistently up there as as notorious at... he doesn't understand football <laughs> yeah uh, it's, um, it's yeah. just a strange strategy going into this I've season met him, I'm uh... going to try not to, to guess these scores correctly and see what happens um, and then at JJ Hayes 531 is second at Treaders 1990 is third at John Guyver is fourth um, and then dropped a place from fourth to fifth is at uh, FI underscore FPL addict. So it's all to play for. It's very tight at the top as well. So this has been a really enjoyable season. Not for X, but for me and everyone else has been playing. So please continue to do so because uh, it's good fun. So much so, I think we'll do this again next season. Um, if the game does take place on Sunday, and according to X and the club, it's due to, before the game is the West Hamway pre-match event, hosted by Mark Ward, with special guest Marlon Harewood. As always, this event takes place at O'Neill's in Leightonstone and will start at 10am, finishing at 1pm. Tickets are available at the westhamway.co.uk, the West Hamway app, the West Hamway Facebook page and our pin tweets on twitter and we hope to see you there um don't go anywhere because when we're back x is going to give it to you whether taking a road trip to the beach heading to the mountains or driving to the city summer adventures are non-stop fun in a new honda but let's face it summer trips can really add up that's why i love the fuel efficiency of honda with honda you can save your money for other things like that awesome keychain at the convenience store that brand new album you wanted or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Let's talk about X, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things, all the bad things at West Ham. Let's talk about X. Let's talk about X. (laughs) (laughs) I had that bit. <laughs> Both contributed this week. Yeah, um, beautiful, not, mate. Thank you. Not too sure on the legs of this, if I'm honest with you. Um, I love it. It's got a couple of weeks tops, and uh, no. I'm not sure I can keep giving, mate. I'll be straight with you. 
but uh, Mate, that's, that's your intro for this week anyway if, if you don't do it I'm not doing my section anymore <laughs> so, so, I'm, I'm noticed my Rich demands yeah yeah we've okay. got a bit of material you know I think I can think of a few more songs well if any listeners have any ideas other than Dave stop fucking doing it uh, <laughs> which is one that I support for the record no. then please put them forward because uh, yeah I, I, I'm struggling to get past next week in my head to be honest with you <laughs> anyway what have you got for us um, I'm surprised you really care. You just completely degraded my opinion about football earlier <laughs> when talking about the score predictions. So you actually bothered what I've got or what I think. Yeah, but a lot of people are. Well, yeah. this is a point I normally just you know play a bit of um, I don't know tipping point on my phone or something. <laughs> you know? Just give us a nudge or a wink or Mate, a, a whistle look, when you finish. You look at Paul. That is Paul. <laughs> okay, um, so um, Ngakia um, is on a third year scholarship type thing, and he need and the club have basically offered him a very very minimal deal for next year. Um, we want to get him on a decent contract, I think. So at the moment. I think that was probably in place before he he broke onto the scene, but the club needs to start thinking about getting him onto a proper deal um, for a young player. Like obviously, you're not going to slap him on ten thousand, twenty thousand yet, but you need to be talking a good few thousand anyway. I know he's only played four games, but that's enough for people to, yeah. to start looking. Look at Oxford. I mean, he played one, two games and then suddenly got 20 grand. Now, of course, I'm not saying you should offer that much, but I think we need to look at trying to build around Ngakia. And um, I think getting him on a decent contract is something that I and the club feel that should happen soon. Um, we played Derby in um cup game yesterday for under-23s. Yarmolenko and Sanchez played in that game, one on penalties. Take so since the semi-finals of the international. Why is Sanchez Cup, playing in that game? Just to build up fitness. He's a, he has for a, he's what? A, Surely he's not going to play again for West Ham. I guess it's just to keep him ticking along. If he is going to, you know, if Noble or Suchek or whoever get injured again, we then you can really play got, in centre mid. <laughs> we haven't really got many options, have we? So uh, I think mean, that's probably why the Armelenko's obviously to get fit as well to get him back in the in the team. The under twenty threes have actually done really well. F- to get as far as they have because obviously mm. they're missing Coventry, Holland, um, Trot, various other players. Um, Elise uh, is at uh, Altrincham, I think, from memory. Um, so then we've got um, Dan Kemp's another. So we've got a lot of players that are out on loan and that would be featuring. So they're doing well to do that. And obviously Jeremy's playing for the first team now. So to get as far as they have is a credit to the academy sides there. So well done to them. I could start linking us with players because I've noticed that um, various other websites are doing that. But I honestly don't believe the club are that far down in terms of recruitment at this point because we don't know what league we're going to be in and that will be the overriding thoughts at the moment we are definitely adopting a policy of younger uh, players that's 100% going to happen Good. Um, but it depends who they are depending on what division we're in I guess um, Josh Cullen may be given the summer again to try and prove himself because he's done well at Charlton this year now and um, I think Moyes wants to take a second look at him um, there's some interest from other clubs so I think he'll get the summer to try and prove himself and uh, I might have to give him a new deal because his contract's up but uh, I think he um, he is someone that we will look to um, look to use in the summer and see how he gets on possibly in Brisbane he might feature in that game fantastic so, uh, so yeah and to be honest with you mate that's pretty much all I've got because there's nothing really to report in terms of injuries because the only one really out at the moment is uh, Fredericks. 
um, and uh, transfers are pretty much non-existent we don't know what league we're in. Um, yeah. I think the board have kind of tried to play down the amount of people that were at the protest. Uh, I think they believe the figure to be between two and 3,000, but um, and then that's what <laughs> they're saying. But actually, I think the figure was more like 10,000. So it was, yeah. That's <coughs> who you believe. And I think I know who I would. Um, yeah. So so that's it, really. I think the, the protests have opened the board's eyes. Whether it will make any difference, I don't know. There is a survey that I've tweeted out a few times and that Sean Wetson's done, but it does get shared with the board. So uh, if you want to have your say, whether it will do anything or not, I don't know, but I'll make sure that I retweet that and then you can get involved. Um, but that's it really for my section. There's not much to talk about. And as I say, I don't want to bring news for the sake of news, if it's not real. Yeah. Well done, mate. Good stuff. Okay, next up is the final part of the show, which is questions from our collective followers on social media. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome back to the final part of the show. As always, thank you for giving us your questions. And the first one has come in from at Andy Gunning. What do you think the situation is with Vegetti? Doesn't get on the bench, but I've always heard he's rated in training. Makes no sense having three defenders on the bench when you put a striker there and give him 10 minutes or so. That don't fit Moyes rates him. No. Simple as really. And, and are you hearing different things like Andy says there about his ability on a training pitch? Yeah, I mean, people tell me that on the training pitch he's a decent finisher. I think, um, I think was it Noble possibly might have said that this year. Um, and I've also heard that other people um say it too. So I think he's like rated, but I just don't think Moyes thinks he's ready to play in the Premier League. Certainly in games where they're as important as they are now. Yeah, I mean, it is a strange one. He's certainly not a name that excites the fans, is he? Let's be honest. We didn't know he was before he came well, he in. He had and... a good record. I mean, admittedly, it was in Switzerland. Yeah, I think that's isn't the, that's the leagues, problem, isn't it? But... I think, you know, the Premier League's a very different animal, isn't it? And you're always going to be up against it coming in at this level when your opportunities are few and far between. Because let's not forget, you're not given a full season in a Premier League anywhere let alone at West Ham. I mean, when you look at how many opportunities he's had, you could argue he hasn't had a fair run. Mm. But at the same time, unless we have an injury crisis, I just can't see him featuring. But then yeah. to his credit, if he is playing well in training, what more can he do? Well, what more can he do? And I thought he actually looked all right the last time he played. I can't even remember what the game was now, but I actually thought he looked okay. And the thing is, like I said earlier with Valet, how many he's been given plenty of chances, whereas a jetty comparatively has been given next to nothing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this one's coming from at Paul Fredericks one hypothetical at this stage, but if Red Bull were to buy out the Davids and invest in the club, youth, match day experience, push us on uh, in every way that the fans want, would you allow them to change the name to RB West Ham or Red Bull West Ham? So in exchange for giving us all that, would you feel comfortable with RB West Ham or Red Bull West Ham? Um, and, And I don't think he's saying, would you rather have RB West Ham or Red Bull West Ham? He's saying, if they were to change the name... 
would you be comfortable in exchange for what they're giving us? Yeah, I get the question, mate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Sometimes I know you're a bit on a slow on the uptake. I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd just clarify yeah, that. Just, can you clarify it one more time? Just saving you some embarrassment, mate. I'm thinking he's going to answer this. It's fucking no, all about no, faith. The, re- the reason I'm taking my time is because it's a very good question. Um, because the idea of it being Red Bull, West Ham or whatever really doesn't appeal to me at all. I mean, I don't think it would appeal to anyone. No, we go, I want them to be called Red Bull West Ham, but it's the exchange of all of all the other things. Um, I think I'd probably take it. I think I would take it, the name change, in exchange for that sort of better stadium match experience. Um, so because I don't go to West Ham, because we're called West Ham, I know that's almost like defeating the history in a way, but I go to West Ham because I want to see us win. I want to see good football. Everyone would know we were still West Ham. I would still call us West Ham. I wouldn't call us Red Bull West Ham. And if the fans just kept calling us West Ham, it'd only be on the TV that you heard them being called Red Bull West Ham. Mm. I think as much as it sounds awful, and I really wouldn't want it to happen because that is our name and that is our history and it represents... The, like sort of the local area kind of um we were called thames ironworks once mm. um so i think in order to improve the match day experience which is ultimately the thing that affects me the most is the match day experience because i spend so much time going to west ham games that's what directly impacts me the most i think i would exchange mm. i do think it's a very difficult question it is. But I don't think I would. Really? Yeah, because I thought about this and I think we've left Upton Park, which was the root core of West Ham United. We've already done that. Yeah. We've changed the badge, which now says London on it, which has give it, given everyone the ump. And uh, it gives me the ump, that's for sure. Another piece of our identity taken away. The name West Ham United is pretty much all we've got left in terms of our history, to be quite honest with you. So if you take that away... You know, you got to remember the question isn't isn't if you're guaranteed league titles, FA Cup no, wins. But what was it? The guarantees, match day experience. What was it? He said. So he said. Um, Maybe I should have listened to you the seventh. There time you go. Or... See, you didn't yeah. understand the bloody question. I didn't understand the question. Um, the so hypothetical, but if they were to invest in the club, the youth, match day experience, and push on with everything that fans want, so it's pushing on. I guess it? the definition is what is push on. You know, if push on is to finish a couple of places above from where we are now in exchange of our name, then no. But if push on is to get regular Champions League football and be a real force in Europe like Red Bull, Leipzig, where their names are, um, yeah. uh, have started to be in Germany, then I probably would take it. Uh, because I've gone so long being proud of being a West Ham fan and having you know supported the club 30 years. Yeah, but would you be a West Ham fan anymore in the sense that would that be the club that you would be supporting? No, I mean, that's Because a fair I'm not point. even sure, yeah. you know, who would be the club I'm supporting? Yeah. The ground's gone, the badge has changed, it would change again if Red Bull take over, and now it's Red Bull West Ham, or RB West Ham. It's not, it's almost like I've supported a new football club. It's yeah. almost like West Ham have gone into liquidation, yeah. and we're now AFC West Ham, like mm. Wimbledon. Yeah. Oh. And I think, do you know what? Yes, it'd be nice to, to see us win some trophies and really kick on, but every other club wouldn't see us as West Ham anymore. I mean, bloody hell, some clubs come to West Ham now and sing you're not West Ham anymore. Imagine if we were RB West Ham. Yeah. And and I just sort of think, 
unless we were on the bones of our arse in League Two, mm. I just don't think I'd consider that. I really don't. Yeah, I know. Because it... whilst it's weird me saying this, because whilst everything is wrong with the football club and things need to change, things could be worse. Yeah. It could be worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got a decent squad of players. We are in a 60,000-seater stadium. We are a Premier League side. Yeah. And we've, I, think, I do think we've got players that can kick us on potentially with certain changes taking place. But I don't know. I just I just think that would be the last piece of my soul I would sell if I did that. Yeah, you know, like listening to what you've said there to be fair, you've uh, you've done you've made a very good point. I having heard you say that, I kind of get what you're saying a bit where you said stadium badge, we aren't really West Ham anymore. That yeah, I get what you're saying. And actually that's made me kind of almost second think what I was saying. Yeah, I think, do you know what, I'm actually going to retract. <laughs> I'm going to retract and I'm going to think you've, I agree with you, actually, because if you did take away that as well, what are we actually supporting? I might as well support Man City or something because it's like got that much connection to what yeah. what I started supporting when I was a kid and ultimately I've never supported West Ham because of the success. Yeah. I've supported West yeah. Ham because of what West Ham stands for. Yeah. And if you take everything away, yeah, okay, I'm going to retract my previous statement and agree with you. Good arguing. I mean, I think a lot of fans would um, would disagree with us now and take that. But if anything, I just think that highlights the desperation to get the current owners out. Yeah. If, if they could just... If the, obviously... I know this isn't the question, but if Red Bull could come in and they could change, do all of that, keep the name West Ham, but maybe call it the Red Bull Stadium and and put Red Bull on the badge instead of London, then I wouldn't be that bothered because mm. it's kind of changed anyway. And the Red Bull Stadium, does that is the London Stadium that great anyway? So the mm. Red Bull Stadium be okay. It is the name, like you say, that would be the last bit of our real history taken away. You know, you might start calling him uh, Red Bull Brookin for like, you know? <laughs> so like everything else will be like. I just imagine this sort of uh, creative badge where you've got a ball's body in Trevor Brookin's face <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the badge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hello, well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is Red Bull Brookin, and you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> Nothing surprises me in this world no, anymore. You, do you know what? Got we probably should have talked about this because the West Ham um, board will probably be thinking, oh, actually, maybe we could do uh, yeah. something here with Brookin's name. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from at Jazza Jazama. Do you see the likes of Yarmolenko and Lanzini as luxury substitutes, or do you see them as blocking the way for youngsters such as Holland? That's a good question as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I kind of do, because you have to measure it by impact. Is Yarmolenko going to have more of an impact than Nathan Holland if he was brought on? Probably not at the moment, I would say. Mm. Yet Nathan Holland is on what? five grand a week maybe Yarmolenko's on a hundred grand a week yeah. does Yarmolenko justify 95 grand a week more in, in his level of performance and I'd say no Yarmolenko's 30 Nathan Holland's what 21 22 so you've got long term potential with Holland over Yarmolenko so yeah I think that's a fair question and probably they do block players from getting on the bench because of the wage You, the problem is because our chairman are so financially orientated, they probably wouldn't justify having a player on five grand on the bench ahead of a player on a hundred thousand, yeah. and that is probably the problem. But in terms of level of performance, 
there probably isn't that much difference. But then is it David them? Moyes that's picking the bench or the bold? What I mean by that is if, yeah. if that was Moyes' intention, would the bold then intervene with what you're saying and say, no, David, listen, we've got a few quid tied up here. We don't want them just rotting on the training ground yeah. every day. Or yeah. is this a case of they're quite relaxed, David's got his squad, he picks the bench as he sees fit. Is this David Moyes um, looking at underperforming well-paid show ponies over young, hungry, raw talent. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's the question of how much influence do the chairman have over mm. the manager? They shouldn't have any, really. No, and, I totally and agree. And this is again where it's all a yeah, all a, all a mess. Really, it is. <laughs> it is hundred percent. And that, and that's the thing as well. It's it's not just the talent in inverted commas or how established you are as a Premier League player, but might be underperforming. It's the hunger. Mm. You know, if, you, if you've if you got 15 minutes left in the game and you have to find some way of turning it round and you're 1-0 down and you want an attacker to come on, who's going to be hungrier, Nathan Holland or Manuel Lanzini? Yeah. Who's going to want to make that impact, get the ball, exactly. strike forward, get into that box, create something? I'd, I'd pick Nathan Holland over Lanzini any day. Well, of the week. If, I'm done with Lanzini anyway, to well, be honest. Well, if you say more Yarmolenka, because it's more like for like. In terms yeah, of true. Position, if we're looking at wingers, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But... Well, either or, it applies to both, well, in my this opinion. This is what I'm going to say with Yarmolenka. Let's think about it, right? Who is going to be affected more in their career? If Yarm- if Nathan Holland comes on and has, a let's say, a, a decent impact, or Yarmolenko comes on and has a decent impact, it's going to affect Nathan Holland more because if we get mm. relegated next year, Yarmolenko is going to go anyway. Even if we stay up, he's probably going to go. Yeah. Yeah, but whereas Nathan Holland, if he comes on and has a bit of an impact like Jeremy Ngaki has done, yeah. that could be his career cemented then at West Ham in either division. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Motivational levels would suggest that you're better off going for a younger player. Look, I mean, the, the obvious, this is where Moyes does deserve a bit of credit. The obvious choice when Fredericks got injured as to who to play right back was Zabaleta. You know, Premier yeah. League winner, experienced, played all his career, high earner. He was the obvious choice, but credit to Moyes, although he, I, don't think, I think he might have not even... There might have been a reason that he went with Ngaki. No, let's just give him the credit. He went with Ngaki over Zabaleta. And look, that's turned out to be the perfect thing. Had he kept Holland at the club and he went with Holland over, say, Yarmolenko, mm. you could possibly be saying the same thing about him. Or Coventry. You know, Coventry come in for Noble. We could be talking about mm. Coventry being a star at the moment, but you don't know until they have their chance. So, yeah. No. Uh, this one's from at WHU Ethan. Your top five contenders for Hammer of the Year. Okay, Ogbonna. Uh, yeah. Are uh, you putting these in order? Because I was going to make it easy and say, let's not put them in order. Let's try to go in order then, just for okay. a level of interest. I'd go Ogbonna first. Yeah, I think I'm moving that way. I would go... I was going to go Jared Bowen first, but we'll go Ogbonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love him, by the way, yeah, Jared Bowen. I, I think like he's going to be big for West Ham. Well, see all my emails to the board. I must know something about <laughs> football. Just um, got to put your commission in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um... Uh, I'd go Ogbonna first. I would go. Eva Antonio or Declan Rice second. I'd go. Let's go Declan Rice because he's played more games, played every game. So Declan Rice second, Antonio third. Then I would probably go. It's hard. It's mm. hard after. I mean, I'd break. have to throw Snodgrass in there personally. Okay, let's go Snodgrass fourth, Snodgrass fourth, and then fifth. It does start to get difficult, yeah. doesn't it? You can't, oh, maybe Fanales, maybe Diop. 
you can't really say Fabianski, can you? No. He's missed quite a bit this season, and, and then they the don't want to hold it against him. No. But it was Liverpool as well. I think maybe for now's fifth. So yeah, I think oh, scraping a barrel. Yeah, don't we? exactly. I think I started thinking of Bonner, Rice, Antonio. He hasn't really even a chance to play for now, has he? No, and he's coming at fifth. Yeah, um, I mean, who else could you say? Well, I mean, and Cresswell. This is it. Yeah, Chris has been bang average. Alea, no I mean, yeah, he's not had a great season. Noble, I think, has been poor uh, over the course of a season. Oh, bloody hell. I'm half tempted to throw Gakir in at fifth yeah, at this know, rate just to make a statement. I know. Yeah, I think that's probably my five that I said, yeah. Yeah. But Bonner is definitely who I'm going to be voting for unless something yeah. dramatically changes in the next yeah. few weeks. He's my man of the match on Saturday, actually. Yeah. Uh, this one's from at Paolo the Hammer. Are there any signs the board are taking the criticism and protest seriously enough to change things? Or do you think they'll revert um, to type and say just the right things and do very little? I think they're definitely taking notice of the protest because they're, they're right. But they're, <laughs> they're trying to, um, they're trying to um, actually, it doesn't rhyme if you say it properly. Notice, protest. Yeah. See, here's you trying to tell me you was intelligent earlier on. I yeah. told you, it's thick as shit. I've got to help him out every step of the way. Um, uh, what was I going to say now? Oh, I'm tired. Mate, was, one, one of us doesn't... doesn't does... Mate, you're still in your work clothes today, which consists of tracksuit bottoms and a West Ham top. You're probably sitting at your work desk now, which yeah. consists of a bed. And a little and power nap before we started there as well. Go. I there. can see that your shorts and your pants are in the bathroom, so I reckon they've probably only been there. You weren't sniffing them, was no, you, when you I went wasn't, for a piss no, earlier? No, not after I know code, what you're like. Mate, I've seen Code Red. I ain't going anywhere near your I can't boxes. believe that weren't trending on Twitter last no, week, by the way. It was incredible. It was everywhere. I'm sat here in my suit, <laughs> my shirt, having driven here and been working since 8 o'clock. So one of us is tired. <laughs> one of us is claiming to have worked all day. Um, and, um, yeah, I. Um, so what was I saying? Um what was the question? I've lost the point. He was trying to think if two words were rhyming and then you eventually realised you didn't. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. So are they taking seriously the protest? They're definitely taking notice of it because they um, are trying to downplay the figures. And yeah. if you're downplaying the figures, then you're worried about what the actual figures probably were. So they are taking interest in, in the club, definitely, and in, uh, uh, sorry, in the protest and are worried um, whether it will change anything. I do not know. Um, I think they might try to engage with supporters more, but then they do that and then it stops. Um, mm. I just think they need to take advice either from a real, like get some, like like we said, someone like a chief executive that's not connected to the club and has proven that they've done it at previous clubs. They need to take advice from people that understand the club. Now That's right. At one point, they started to talk, and I'm not saying it's necessarily us, but at one point, they started to talk to us. West Ham Fan TV, Hammers Chat, Claret and Hugh, various other people with a with a, a voice. And yes, you wouldn't want to, it to be that it's just X and what Dave think, but we are representing a large part. And, you know, before we would have represented a kind of a more neutral stance whilst giving criticism because we certainly did and we were one oh, of the yeah. more critical people there 100%. we would say to them what they're doing wrong and how can they improve it because ultimately we're not friends with them but we want them to do what's right for our club so if they would mm. just listen listen to people that understand the club and don't have a 
biased opinion that aren't trying to make money for themselves that just want West Ham to do well they should listen and stop being so arrogant and think that they know better than anyone else they don't know better than anyone else because that's been proven by the the fact that there's Mm. protests spot on so I don't know it's just so frustrating you know that they they get rid of good people Max Fitzgerald's gone now Simon Kutner went you know they're they're good people that are just leaving West Ham because They feel like they can't do their job properly. So the the common denominator that's always there are those three. Mm. And yet everyone else, you know, when we moved to the Olympic Stadium, I've forgotten their names now, but they brought in two people from Arsenal that were meant to oversee the, the move to the stadium. Yes, that didn't go very well. And they seem to, as far as I know, they seem to have moved on. I think one of them went to Leeds from memory. Um, I, I would know his name if I had time to look it up. But they... um they all go and I'm not sure how good their credentials were because obviously the stadium move wasn't perfect far from it but all these members of staff leave but the common people that stay are the owners Mm. and they just need to question themselves you know anyone that's been in the same industry up until like the the amount of years they have does become dated you know in my profession you want to have younger people that have just come out of training that have been to university just come out of training got fresh ideas got that initiative understand Mm. the modern world and modern culture rather than someone is a drug dealer by the way in case you're wondering (laughs) well you know even you can apply it to drug dealing (laughs) you want young enthusiastic people that are going to sell you drugs know the latest drugs on (laughs) the the culture know the culture know the methods to sell the drugs (laughs) you know rather than some 80 year old drug dealer that like thinks he knows best but really hasn't been on the street still for thinks tobacco's so a drug well, you know exactly. no, mate, you've moved on yeah, exactly. strong shit out there. exactly you know like honestly you can apply it to any industry and it's the same mm. it's the same here <laughs> this one's from at digit one hammer 89 david x do you think if we stayed at upton park we'd be challenging for european spots or a higher league position look forward to seeing you both sunday at the pre-match event yeah likewise alex yeah you too mate um i can't help but think we would have performed better at home with the tighter ground, with the atmosphere we had there, mm. we used to get results when you least expected it. Um, the stadium fans were happier, so it wouldn't have had that kind of negative tone. It'd have been interesting to know now. Let's say if we'd stayed at Upton Park rather than moving to the London Stadium and we'd kept the badge the same and we'd invested the same amount of money that we invested at the London Stadium whilst we were at Upton Park, mm. it'd be interesting to know what the fans' reaction to the board would be now. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I think it would be different. Yeah. Because if, if we'd stayed at Upton Park, everything was the same. The, let's say the league positions had been the same since at the London Stadium, but we'd put in that money. Mm. Uh, I think I don't think things would be as toxic as they are no, now. It definitely wouldn't be as toxic. No, no. no. So I, I do believe that the stadium move has so much to do with it, and and I hold my hands up, mate. And I think so many like fans could do this. I should have thought. I wish, well, it's the benefit of hindsight, but I bought the dream. I bought the lies. I bought into this new mm. stadium. I wrote articles. I remember when I first started as being X in inverted commas, I wrote articles saying what an amazing thing this was for the club. Now, when I look back, I wish I could tell myself it yeah. is the benefit of hindsight, but I wish I'd realised how crippling it would be going forward. As I've said, I do believe it's a results-based business, and if results picked up, we wouldn't be so critical. Yeah. But I do miss Upton Park massively, yeah, and it course. doesn't matter whether we were top of the league now or not off the side, I would still miss Upton Park. Yeah. Yeah, good point. 
Uh, okay, so this one's coming from at Patrick Sodling. What chances do you think we have to keep Declan Rice this summer? Even if we stay up, isn't he too good to play in a team far, far from a Europa League spot? Declan loves West Ham. Declan is very passionate about West Ham. Um, you can see that by his body language on the pitch and his reactions to the fans afterwards. You can tell by interviews. You can tell just the way he conducts himself. He deeply cares about West Ham. And I would think if we were pushing for where we should be and where a player of his ability should be, he would have no problems. The only club that ever fear, like I said earlier, that scare me a bit with him is Chelsea because mm. he is a Chelsea fan, as are his family. I don't think we have to worry too much of his other clubs, it's just them. But he is gonna get to the point where he wants to do something with his career. He's an England international. Will his career be affected by playing for West Ham? Um, who knows? I do think there will come a point, if this continues, if we scraping relegation next year, if we go down, I think he'll go. Mm. If we scrape relegation, I might. he might stay another season. If we're then trying to battle relegation for another year, I think he'll think, right, I'm 22, 23. As much as I hate to say it, he might mm. start to consider. And I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you what Declan's actually going to do or not do. But that would be what I would do if mm. I was him, I think. Well, the thing is, West Ham. It's, it's, it's like the same scenario. Every time a player leaves West Ham, you only ever, as a fan, want them to do it in the right way. Yeah. And don't say stupid fucking things like they often do when they do leave West Ham yeah. and be disrespectful. And it's oh, he easiest... wouldn't do that. Well, it's, no, I'm sure he wouldn't because he's probably got you know more than one brain cell when he's head, unlike yeah. some of the people in the past that have left and said things that he didn't need to say. And it's the easiest thing in the world just to leave West Ham and say, look, West Ham will always be in my heart. I had a great time here. I love the club, but I've moved on for X, Y, and Z. And the fans will applaud you every time you come back. Um, but, you know, would I blame him? No, of course I wouldn't. You know, because a player like that wants international football and they want a chance to play Champions League football and win trophies. And as it stands, West Ham are a million miles from that and giving him the opportunity to consistently be picked for England. Mm. So it's got to come a point where he says, Do you know what, yeah, I've got to move on. And I wouldn't blame him for that, no. personally. But no. that's another reason why we've got to sort this shit out because we're going to lose the, the good players. Well, the other thing got. is Suchek. I forgot to say this in my section. Suchek really wants to stay. If he's well, I should fucking hope so. He's only been here five minutes. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, can't even unpack his suitcase. No, yet. I mean next year because he's still on loan, isn't he? So yeah. he wants to he wants to make the move permanent. <laughs> However, if we get relegated, I, I don't think we'll be able to afford to. True. Yeah. So true. again, like yeah. we just have to stay up. We have to stay up. Anyone that wants the club relegated, it's just not the right thing. I understand you want to get the board out and teach them a lesson and maybe start afresh. But it would be disastrous if we got relegated. It really would. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. It really would. From uh, at Ryan Nash 16, with Moyes' contract up in the summer of next year, what does he have to do to warrant a renewal? And if he reaches those targets, how long of a contract would you give him? If Moyes keeps us up this year, I'd still want a new manager, but that's Me not going to happen. Me too. So let's just assume he keeps us up next year. this year. If he can get <clears throat> what we kind of thought would happen this year, let's say if he gets eighth, eighth place, yeah, and has a decent cup run, so we're saying maybe quarterfinals or beyond, 
then he maybe deserves a two-year deal. See how he goes for that next season. If he can then better it, or well, yeah, he'll have to better it. And then you might just keep doing it that way. But I would never get to the point where I offer him like a five-year deal. No, oh, Christ, no. And, I, and, I, and ideally, I'd want him to go this summer. Yeah. Because I don't. Because yeah. even if we do stay up, I think that's an underachievement mm. with the I've squad got you. again, massively. And I think. You know, he's been backed to an extent. You know, he bought Randolph, Suchek and Bowen. We spent a decent amount. Probably not backed as much as I would have liked him mm. to have been. But for a January transfer for a January window, that's transfer window. Yeah. And he's got players there. Yeah. You know, You've only got to look at the amount of, of money sitting on the bench on Saturday. Well, exactly what I was going to say. He's got a depleted squad, No, exactly. I mean, he's got no injuries apart from Fredericks there you now. Go. Like, yeah. You know, and you've got, like, you know, you've got on a bench Lanzini. You've got... Um, You've got, you know, people like Yarmolenko coming in. You've got Maseraku, Maseraku. You've got Balbuena. You've got a decent squad of mm. players there. Suchek was on the bench, you know. It's, it shouldn't be where we are now. No. Uh, for me, like you, uh, I want him gone in the summer. I really do. I think he's part of a fresh start we need, without a shadow of a doubt, seeing the back of him. Uh, don't want to sound harsh there, but it's just how I feel. In terms of what it would take to keep him on, I think you've. I really think you've got to be looking at top six, in my opinion. Really? Well, for, in my opinion, I'd take a stable season next year. No, no but all of this. no, but see, the question is, what would he have to do to warrant a contract extension? But in my head, maybe I'm being naive with this. Either he does something phenomenal, or that is the time where we say, right, let's have another crack at getting a top level manager in. Now, now would what, what would keep the, that top manager at bay for me is for him to achieve something outstanding like a top six finish. If it's a top eight finish, that'd be great. But if we finished eighth, right? I'd so take that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you take it, but would that then reignite an excitement for you to say, I want David Moyes here on the back of that eighth place finish for the next two or three years? I would give him another season to build upon it. He wouldn't take that. There's no way he'd he'd take a a one-year extension, I wouldn't have thought. Well, that's what I'm saying, a two-year. If you could just sack him with one year left, it's not too costly. (laughs) But I'd give give him a two-year one. And I would say that you've got eighth, you've got a decent cup run. Right now, I want sixth and a even better cup run and I, would just I just don't think like he'd that. achieve it I don't think he would but no. well, this is all hypothetical anyway isn't yeah. it so that's well, what yeah, I was but, saying well is it because with this squad of players and with a few quid in the summer shouldn't that be where we expect us to be anyway yeah, around but, eight yeah we should but that's what we should have done under Pellegrini yeah and like that's right I yeah just, and, he, and he failed West Ham as well yeah I mean no I, two ways about it but but if we was to finish eighth would you not rather say, right, thanks, Dave, we finished eighth, great, but now we we want someone else to take us forward now to that next level? Or would eighth really and truly for you be enough to say, Dave, I'm happy with that, I'm going to give you another two years? I would be curious. I mean, this is me not wanting him to be manager mm. because I don't want him there. But if he did get eighth in a decent cut run, I'd feel that he really turned us around from being a relegate out in the first few rounds of the cup and a relegation contender to a solid top half team that would be a big improvement on this season I would then feel it would only be fair to see if he could then build on that and maybe maybe he could get back to us being to like what he achieved at Everton for a few seasons I doubt it and I don't think so but I think it would be harsh to then if he'd got us eighth and then steady to then say actually mate we wanted you to finish sixth 
Um, I think that would be harsh. I think you give him one more season. If he doesn't achieve it then, then maybe you say, okay, look, we are going to try and push on again. Thanks Mm. for all you've done. But then, of course, the million-dollar question is, who comes in? I know. You're left with the same old problem. Well, everyone talks about Kovac, but, you know... He's never managed in England. So it's easier mm. than said than done to transfer from another league to England. Um, he hasn't had a particularly long career. Yes, he's done quite well, but he did get sacked from Munich, I think, which obviously is a big thing. Munich, but then Pellegrini, we always said he got he was great because he'd managed Real Madrid. Mm. You know, like you, you could look at the Cowley brothers. Have they achieved enough to merit the West Ham job? They no, seem to have done. They've done well in their careers, but have they done enough? You could look at Eddie Howe. Potentially, Bournemouth could be going down this year. Do you take that gamble? Oh, that's work a sideways step for me. You could look at um, maybe Elsa from Leeds at that stage. Yeah, you maybe could have had enough him. of them by then. Yeah, you could have him. He's probably someone you could potentially think of. You could look at. Um, uh, Eddie Howe, not Eddie Howe, uh, Sean Dyche, the Burnley guy. So it don't excite me either, to No, be but then he's done a good job with very limited resources. Yeah, he has, but then, you know, I think some people are institutionalised by their football clubs, aren't they? Eddie Howe is a big fish in a small pond now. Sean Dyche, you could argue the same with Burnley. It's like when Eddie Howe took the plunge, walked away from Bournemouth, joined Burnley and died on his arse within a year, then came back to Bournemouth. Have they kind of peaked at those respective clubs? And with respect to both of those clubs, West Ham are a much bigger club. You know, I know Burnley have got a, a richer history than Bournemouth, but, I, you know, again, maybe I'm biased. I don't think Burnley and uh, Bournemouth, in terms of club size, comes anywhere near West Ham. No, they don't. But then, so I can see what's in it for then, Sean Dyche and Eddie Howe, but I can't see what's in it for West Ham. No, but then if you're West Ham, right, and you're looking at getting a player from a club that's of a similar size, who are we talking? You know, Brendan Rodgers. Love him as West Ham manager. We wouldn't mm. be able to take him from Leicester now, I don't no. think. We wouldn't be able to tempt the Wolves manager. He yeah. wouldn't come to us. Um, who else there? Uh, maybe Wilder, possibly. Could you take him? Is he a one-season wonder? I don't know. He's done well in the lower leagues. Mm. I would take Wilder. And I know Noble and Declan Rice actually know him quite well. I would take Wilder, definitely. But again, you know, Pochettino possibly hasn't had a job for a while. I, um, I'd bite your hand off of Pochettino. Yeah, I would definitely take him. And he's, but, and he's, yeah, he's not had a job for a while, no, has but he? But then is he looking at a bigger club? Is he rating from Manchester United, maybe? Possibly. Um, and then you, possibly. Look at, then you look at, what, Everton? I would have taken Angelotti, but he's not going to leave Everton for West Ham now um, Watford got Nigel Pearson I mean who are you comparing West Ham and to? this is the problem mm. to, to be honest it's the it's a similar problem that we had when we gave Moyes a job whilst I was screaming no surely not David Moyes again you know other than Ancelotti realistically and Kovac I, I was out of ideas yeah. and Ancelotti chose Everton and fair enough I mean I still for me think that West Ham was an, more of an attractive proposition yeah. and, but again maybe I am biased Kovac, it's a gamble, isn't it? But then again, you know, Jurgen Klopp was a gamble. You know, Nunu um, Walsh was a gamble. Do we take a gamble? Do we take another gamble? Or do we go for something that we know tried and tested? But potentially, I'm not being funny, and this is just my opinion, if you're going to go for Sean Dyche, you almost might as well stay with David Moyes. Because I just think that's the sort of English, mid-range, average type of manager that you're looking at. Well, Moyes like, is Scottish. Uh, oh, but British then. Excuse <laughs> Sorry, me on that. Trying to no, get I'm you t- after your foot. <laughs> I'm just looking for Eddie You're looking for Eddie. You're clutching yeah, the straws exactly, now, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but even Eddie Howe, you know, it's the same thing. If you're looking for 
you know, that exciting, expansive football where someone could potentially bring exciting players in from their knowledge of a European network of players, then maybe you have to take that gamble. Maybe yeah. Kovac could be the best thing that's ever happened to West Ham. Yeah, maybe it could be the worst. Yeah. But that's what you do when you have a gamble. I know. But if you're not going to have a gamble and you're going to play it safe, who'd you go with? And I'm not sure there is any realistic option that's more exciting than David fucking Moyes, which is quite depressing to hear that out loud. Would but... you gamble on someone like Joe Cole? No, I wouldn't. No, no, no I him. definitely wouldn't. When you look at the likes Kevin of... Kevin Nolan, how about him? Well, Kevin, again, Kevin Nolan, you know, when you're... And again, it's just, just for me, when you're at Premier League, you're in the top league in the world, so you need the top players in the world and the top managers in the world. You can't look at the Cowleys, Lee Bowyer, you know, look Kevin at, um, Nolan. That they've not they've not achieved it at that level. Yeah, but then you look have at, to earn your stripes. Look at Arsenal and Chelsea, two of the biggest clubs in the whole of England, appointed to managers that uh, I know Lampard had, had a season at Derby. Yeah, that Arteta had never managed before. They appointed and both those two clubs appointed managers that have no experience. Yes, at all. yes, but jury's out on Arteta. I mean, are we automatically deeming his reign at Arsenal as a success? No, but I'm just I saying, don't. No. Chelsea have had a very up and down season. Um, let's not forget it's their first season so they're still in the honeymoon period there I'm not sure it's going to work out for Frank Lampard in the long run maybe Chelsea have got lucky maybe Arsenal get lucky maybe West Ham could give the job to Kevin Nolan and will get lucky maybe he'll win us the Premier League no one knows do they but all I know is at this stage I'm comfortable with a well-established name coming in despite the fact that I thought we had that in Pellegrini and it went tits up Mm. but I think at this level you know, and this is what we signed up to when we when we left Upton Park. We don't want to keep going for your fucking maybe it all works or, or or let's have a gamble or whatever. We want to try and attract the best to the best. To so name them then, Pochettino maybe. Well, who uh, else? This is this is the problem. I mean, mm. I'm I know I'm contradicting myself, but my wants and what's going to happen are very different at the moment because of maybe the quality that's out there. Mm. The top quality is already taken. And the sort of not-so-top quality is, is deemed as a gamble. Pochettino, in my heart of hearts, don't think he'd come to West Ham for two reasons. One, he was at Tottenham. Two, uh, he's holding out for a big job. And I understand that. But let me tell you something now. I would at least make that phone call. What have we lost if he turns around and says no? Just yeah. make the phone call. Make him a ridiculous offer. Because I tell you something now, West Ham pay the wages. Mm-hmm. We pay the wages to managers and players. Yeah. Make him a stupid offer. Because I tell you what, I don't think that's a gamble. No. I think if Pochettino comes in, this club would then be going places. Make him a ridiculous offer. Because say to him, look, let's cards on the table, you might want the Manchester United job, right? That might not come up for another two or three years. If that's the case, you're then touching four and a half, five years out the game. That's another what? club that appoints a random manager as well. Solskjaer, yeah, yeah, but are they happy with Solskjaer? I don't know, but yeah. Fucking so shy, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, he's walked into Man United and they're not happy. You know, I think it's a matter of time before they get rid of him. I don't think that's, uh, for Manchester United, an appointment you could say has worked for being a gamble. Mm. I think most of us could go in there and do a job at Man United. Yeah. But I really would, with Pochettino, I'd go in and say that, and I'd say, look, c- c- come and take this club forward. This is why, this is what we'll back you with, assuming we will. But at least tell the story. Give him the opportunity. Then maybe look at Bielsa, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, he's, I think he's managed at international level. Well respected in the game, Leeds absolutely love him. He's a disciplinarian, very good on his fitness, works with his players, good relationships, man. Tactically, I think he's pretty decent. Let's look at him. Scott Parker. 
Do well for Fulham? Yeah, no, not for me. It doesn't excite me. No, I'd love him as a coach, perhaps. but I, It's done well at Fulham, though. Yeah, but that's at Fulham in the Championship. This ain't West Ham in the Premiership, is it? Is it Bilal, Bielsa's not managing the Premier League? No, but he's also managed Argentina. Mm. And he's also on the... Ver- he could be a Premier League manager next season. Yeah. You know? Um, I think he's... Bielsa, I think, was a coupe for Leeds. Yeah. I think he he was at a pedigree that Scott Parker isn't mm. before Leeds got him the, the game Seven the job. Seven Billets. Slavin Pilic. <laughs> him? Uh, I think that ship sailed for me. Yeah. Uh, who knows? You never know what the future holds, but I think that ship sailed. I can't see it, nah. Would you? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. I think that'd be really risky to yeah. get him back, especially under the same owners. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. if it was new owners, might be a different thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that would be risky, wouldn't it? I mean, he's yeah. done great at West Brom, um, but it would be risky to bring him back, definitely, because he, I mean, didn't he manage someone after us? And he didn't work there either, did he? It's not he's not just gone straight to West Brom, didn't he manage <sighs> Billets, yeah. He managed someone before between us and West Brom, definitely, and he got sat there. Was it I'm sure. <laughs> we have to have a look on uh, Wikipedia now, because I'm sure I haven't ma- imagined that. Um he managed yeah, in um Dubai. Our oh ACAD right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that you sack, said it. He got the sack there, um, yeah, and um, yeah, and he's failed at. Well, I don't know. He got the sack at Besiktas, doesn't he? And various things. Judging by his career so far, I know West Ham fans love him. He does seem to be a bit of a one-season wonder. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how we get on in his second season at West Brom. And let me tell you something now. For him and Julian, I'd love it if West Brom got promoted yeah, this season. Me too. And good luck to them both. Do you know, and I'll get a stick for this, but do you know who'll be, uh, who I think would be a decent manager for West Ham? Is the Norwich manager. And now people are going to think why they're bottom of the league. But he took Norwich from like next to nothing did a very similar thing to what Wagner did at Huddersfield, you know, he's yeah. German, brought in players from the lower German leagues, built them up to be um, better than they originally looked, played play, played youth players. Norwich have not spent any money. You know, if you mm. look at Norwich's signings, that in the summer, they because they knew that they if, even if they, in the past, when they've came up to the Premier League and spent loads on players, they've not, worked out so they stuck with the bulk of what they had last year and then added people like Sam Byron for like 600,000 yeah. or whatever it was and they've they, they've got a really decent team for what money they've spent I mean I'd love to, I don't know what the total combined amount he's spent over his years in charge at Norwich but it would not be no way near the same as anyone else that's had success in that league and in the mm. Premier League and you know he's got players like um, the Aaron's the right base of Cantwell playing well. Um, he got Pookie on a free transfer. Mm. Um, he got um, good sign. Uh, what's his face? The Brendino, is that his name? He's he's done really well. Norwich had a lot of injuries this year to contend with. Tim Krull, they picked up on a free transfer from someone like Reading or somebody barely playing. Yeah. Um, so he's put together this like mixture of like cheapies and actually a chill and they play very good football yeah. I, I think he would yeah no it makes sense it makes sense I mean it's it's such a crucial appointment to any football club that you have to make but you just don't seem blessed with options but no. you know listen as always uh, to everyone listening to this podcast tweet us let us know what you think give us your opinions you've heard ours give us yours on anything that's been discussed tonight uh, but that is the end of the show so thanks to everyone for listening and giving us your questions we hope to see you at the pre-match event on Sunday either way until next week come, come on you irons, irons.
Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Our degrees are what Virginia employers are looking for. Get the in-demand skills you need to land your dream job. Visit onlinevirginia.net to explore online degree options from our partner Virginia colleges and universities and find the right program for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.